at first I I didn't have any friends who bike toured so I was selective about, about like going on the internet and finding information but then I think the guys at the bike shop were the ones who who really taught me a lot and I don't know if I would have gone if it weren't for them Hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to the Joyride. Hey, what's up, Joyriders? This is Kat, and you're listening to episode number 32 of the Joyride podcast, where we celebrate women on bikes. On this episode of the Joyride, we'll talk with bicycle tourist and certified beer judge Beth Picard also known as Brew City Biker. We'll talk about a few of her favorite breweries and a few of the favorite rides that she's been on, her upcoming tour of Southeast Asia, which she's on at this very moment, so it's like time travel. Um, We'll also talk about the most effective gateway drug for bicycle touring and what else is on Beth's bike it list. There are a ton of great resources in the show notes on this one, so make sure you check those out at thejoyridepodcast.com forward slash zero three two. But before that, I'm so excited to share with you another feature that I just added to the website. And as I clicked on something, I realized I made a mistake. So I'll have to fix that. Um, Anyway, uh, so I added this new thing to the website. It is called the bike love calendar. And I did this to scratch my own itch because um, it's really hard for me to keep things organized. As you're going to hear a little bit in this interview with Beth, I've got a touch of what they call the ADHD. And that means that I need particular systems to keep my brain in check. And one of the things that kind of makes me a little crazy is having to look around in a lot of different places for information. So um, as soon as I have to go to Facebook to look at like the events page for something, um, Squirrel, I'm gone. I'm like almost even forgetting what I'm talking about right now, thinking about the the timeline and the trending news and all that stuff. So what I did instead was rigged up some fun stuff, and I'm not going to bore you with the details of that. But if you go to thejoyridepodcast.com forward slash calendar, um, you will see the Bike Love Calendar, which is going to have all kinds of fun events from Portland and beyond. Um, I want to fill this thing up. So um, share your events with me. There's a link on here, or you can just uh, email me at thejoyridepodcast at gmail. Uh, just send me your Portland events, but also um, what what other cities? That could be fun. I think that that's going to be a good time. Right now, I'm more interested in Portland because that's where I am, but I would love for this to be a resource for more than one city. Um, but Right now, thejoyridepodcast.com forward slash calendar. And what you're going to find there is what we are going to touch on here. Um, January 28th, Ovarian Psychos at the Hollywood Theater. I've talked about this film before. Link in the show notes. Um, definitely go to the show notes to check this out. The trailer is fantastic. Uh, you need to you need to watch this film um, I about Latinx uh, Ova's uh, bicycle gang in Los Angeles. Um, I don't I just go and watch the trailer. I don't want to try to describe it. Just watch the trailer, please. Um, also, January 31st, Cycle Oregon kickoff uh, launch party is happening. I think they're gonna announce 
the roots. It was a big bummer this past year um, because of the insane wildfires that were happening here. They actually had to cancel Cycle Oregon. So I know a lot of people are really itching to find out what's going to be happening this year. So that is going to be happening in Portland on January 31st. By the way, these are right now, like I said, all Portland-based events. So they're going to be most interesting to you if you're in the PDX uh, area. But um, yeah, hopefully you'll find more interesting stuff on here and in other cities as we build out this calendar. So help me um, make this a, a, a bigger thing for all of us. Um, the third thing, which I'm really excited about, is a, a Live Portland winter warm-up ride. So February 3rd, starting at the new Breadwinner Cycles, uh, we're going to be going out on a ride with Live Portland Ambassador Sonia Ruiz. And um, looking forward to it. I haven't checked out the new Breadwinner Cycles yet, but um, that is coming soon. So do check out the joyridepodcast.com forward slash calendar. While you are on the website, you can also go to the resources page where I've got a couple things there. You can suggest more things to go on the resources page. Uh, go to the support page to find out how you can join the Joyride Nation and support the show. Also, while you are on the website, please do sign up for the newsletter so that you can get updates delivered right to your email box. And we can cut out all this social media crap because... Um, like I said, Facebook is just a big cesspool of negativity and distraction. So uh, let me just deliver some bike love right to your email. All right. Uh, without further ado, folks, uh, really excited to introduce you to Brew City Biker. Um, while you're listening to the show, I would love it if you could safely make sure you are safe while you're doing this. Um, let us know while you're, what you're doing while you listen to the show and if you enjoy it. Uh, take a, a selfie or take a little slice of life photo and post it to your Instagram story. You can tag the show, tag me at the Joyride Podcast um, on your Instagram story. Also tag up Brew City Biker. Uh, say hi to Beth while she is right now navigating some lovely and fantastic terrain, I'm sure, on her trip. Um, lots of links in the show notes again, so forward slash 032 on the show notes. And what do you say we get into it? Let's introduce you to Beth from Brew City Biker. Beth Picard, welcome to the Joyride. Hey, Kat. Hey, what's, what's going on? Um, I'm in Wisconsin right now. I've been preparing for a bike trip coming up. What? You ride bicycles? That's crazy. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so you're in Wisconsin right now? Yeah, my parents are from Wisconsin. Um, born and raised. So that's where you learned to ride a bike? Yes. Do you remember? Um, any oh, go on. I was going to say Wisconsin's really great for riding a bike. Uh, we have a lot of bike companies here. Um, and the roads are, are awesome. Um, a lot of my riding I did growing up was on some rails to trails networks. What are some of your favorite in that area? Um, I actually really like just riding in the countryside because you can pick a direction and go in it. And since we have so much, a lot of our, our roads are in good condition in the countryside and rolling hills uh, because of the dairy industry. 
So pretty much all of our roads in the countryside are paved. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so do you ride... Now, I know you're getting ready for a tour, and I definitely want to talk with you about that. But when you're back home, do you ride throughout the year? Like all oh, seasons? I, yeah, I definitely. Um, I bought a fat bike, and I had ended up canceling my gym membership one year. Um, started just riding outside at night with lights on the trails in the snow. Um, for a while, I would go to spin classes, but then I decided to do the indoor trainer thing and then ride, commute to work. Oh, my gosh. So you commute, so in the winter you commute to work on a fat bike. Yep. What's, yep. And it, it's it's been cold lately, but uh, I've been still going outside. What's that setup like for you? Like, what do you? Because um, I when I get cold, I'm just I just seem to get cold so easily. So so what do you recommend for like hands and feet, etc. Um. Well, a lot of it's keeping your core warm. So I I put on a lot of base layers. Um, or make sure I have enough wind proof on the outside. Um, I, bar mitts are pretty popular around here, eh, as well as the Midwest in general. They hook onto your handlebars, and they serve as basically like neoprene mittens that you can easily slide your hands in and out of, and you can access your brakes and shifting in there. I do love bar mitts. I use those. I tried them once on a short uh, group ride that we had here, um, and, and those are on, like, for me, those are on drop bars. So I did find it and I wasn't, it was my first time using them for a few miles. So it was kind of awkward, but, uh, you use those on flat bars or use those on drop bars? I use them on flat bars. Use them yeah. on flat bars. Yeah. I found, yeah, I found they're easier that way. Yeah. It seems like just, it's just so much more simple, but yeah, bar mitts are, the bar mitts are really awesome. Um, Portland Pogies is another uh, another brand, I think, I don't know if they're still operating, but that's the brand I'm familiar with from this neck of the woods. Yeah, for sure. So you have been doing the blog here, uh, Brew City Biker for a while. How long have you been doing that? And what, you know, how did that start? Tell us a little bit about it, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. How many years? I think I'm coming up on four years. Nice. I want to say, uh, in January, and I started it circa 2013, um, and it was just a way for me to uh, put some of my thoughts about cycling uh, down on paper or into the internet machine, and um, I used it as a way to kind of just play around with uh with marketing and with writing and I'm a writer at heart. So it's a good way for me to get my, my thoughts out there and practice. And there's, as the name implies brew city, there's also a little bit of talk about beer in here, craft beer. Yeah. So I try to, I try to balance it between cycling and beer and now travel as well. Um, I've really I've been passionate about a few things in life, and another one of them, aside from bicycles, is, is craft beer. I'm a certified beer judge, um, and I just love traveling around and and riding my bike to different breweries. That's so cool! I didn't know you're a certified <laughs> beer judge. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. 
Um, so, uh, I feel like this could, um, be really maybe too broad of a question, but, like, where are some of the favorite breweries that you have gone to? Because now you're hitting, like, um, this is clearly the reason why I started following you back whenever you launched this thing. Um, what, what are some of the favorite places, rides, breweries, uh, beverages, or whatever that, that are standing out to you as you look back on the past four or five years of, of Brew City Biker? Um, well, aside from the ones that have really great tours, like I think New Belgium has one of the best tours, uh, brewery tours in the world. But aside from that, the ones that kind of were an adventure to get to, uh, like I've been to a lot of breweries in the San Diego area and I really like riding around there. Um, and it's kind of a struggle to ride around there sometimes cause you're always going up and down, up and down, um, through all these valleys. But I think some of the breweries that I went to there were memorable just because of the ride. Like, and, yeah. Like what do you got? Do you remember any of them? It's okay if you don't, uh, remember um, any of the names, but I'm just curious. There's one called Final Draft that I really liked because it was just in a warehouse and it kind of, it had a really cool feel to it. Um, but yeah, I've rode my bike to lots of <laughs> I don't even know how many, but uh, whenever I can, I do. And sometimes I go on bike tours that are centralized around breweries. So I've been to Michigan on a bike tour. I've done one in Wisconsin to go to breweries, and I've done one in the Netherlands and Belgium. That's pretty awesome. Have you been up here to the great Pacific Northwest yet? We've I got, have. We've got yeah, some breweries I've, up here as well. Yeah, I, I was actually in Portland um, recently just on a sh- short stopover uh, visiting my friend in Bend, or my cousin in Bend, rather. Um, and so, yeah, I've spent some time in Portland riding around doing that. Yeah, I feel like... I like, I like Cascade there. Very nice. I feel like um, if you, unless you're a, a person who does not partake and you're, you know, uh, just sort of a sober individual, unless if you ride bikes, you're probably partially on a brewery tour whenever you're riding around in Portland. It sort, sort of feels like that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about the tours that you've been on. I know you're planning this one coming up. Um, where, where do you want to go with that? Yeah, this one coming up is in Southeast Asia, um, and I was there for three months last winter because I work seasonally, um, and I'm always looking for things to do during the winter, Um, and since the cost of living is so cheap, it just makes sense for me to save up money during the summer and go travel there and bike tour. Um, So last year, I I was riding around with a Romanian guy for two months, and then I did a month solo, and then... This year, I'm riding with three guys from Madison, Wisconsin, and we're starting in Ho Chi Minh, and we're riding all the way across Cambodia into Bangkok, Thailand. Are you doing any of the same, any of the same rides or routes or whatever that you did last year? Because you were in Asia also last year. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to do none of the same routes. I would, I, I'd yeah, love, I'd assume that. Yeah. I'd love to return to some of the areas I've been. Um, like, I'm planning on going back to Laos by myself for a few weeks, to up to a month. Um, but I would focus on the southern area of Laos, because I was in the north the first time. 
But it's a really great place to ride as a solo female um, because their culture is just very welcoming. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the rides that you experienced while you were in Southeast Asia last year. Uh, Some of my favorite days were riding in the mountains north uh, in northern Laos, close to Luang Prabang to Van Vieng on the highway there. Um, I, I loved climbing the mountains there. I loved climbing the mountains on the Ho Chi Minh highway in Vietnam, um, doing the high van pass, which is a really beautifully graded, uh, pass over, um, a mountain, but it's really close to the ocean. So you're able to see just these amazing views and it's this ribbon of road swirling around down the down the, the side of this mountain that um, sounds amazing yeah and the the top is oftentimes obscured by fog which makes it an even more mystical experience when you get up there that sounds really yeah. fantastic um tell me a little bit about like what what kind of, um, I'm really into snacks. (laughs) I'm really into, I'm really into food and stuff. So like, tell me a little bit about what your diet was like while you're on one of these tours. I forgot to mention one of my other interests is definitely food. (laughs) Top four. Um, yeah, I, well, when you're bike touring, you can pretty much eat anything you want, which is nice because you're riding your bike all day. Um, it's kind of a good excuse. It definitely is. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I guess my favorites are, I really, I really have a a thing for like gummy worms and gummy bears. Oh, that's funny. They're like my little, Hey, you've climbed up a mountain reward snack. Like Uh, regular ones or the sour variety? Oh, both. Both. Okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot of recommendations on gummy worms and sour gummies uh, over the past few months. So I think that this might have to be something that gets added to my, um, you know, whatever I've got within hand's reach sort of thing. Yeah. But I also do like the honey stingers or the, the shoes or the shot blocks from cliff. Do you like the Stroop waffles? Oh yes. Um, tell me a little bit. So you also toured in, you said in, in, uh, the Netherlands and in Belgium, right? Yeah, that's an awesome segue because uh, the the strobe waffles there are are amazing. You, it's true. You can get you can get them for like a dollar or two at a grocery store, and they're better than you know what you can get in the U.S. That was and the, they're f- super fresh. Yeah, like so fresh. That was the place where I was introduced to them. We took a um, we took a vacation to the Netherlands in 2011. And that was the first place that I ever experienced these delicious little Stroop waffles. But um, yeah, the ones here that are in the package are like way more toothsome or something and uh, than the ones you get fresh on the other side of the, the ocean there. So tell me how long, how long was that tour for you? And tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I did 48 days there. Um, and I got a lot of... Uh, I, I interacted with locals a lot uh, because I was using Warm Showers. It's a bike touring website, uh, or a, it, it's the equivalent of couch surfing for bike tourists. Mm. That's the best way to explain it. 
Um, so I was, I was able to stay with a lot of people and they would say, wow, you're here for over a month in April. You are, you're crazy. Um, but I got, I had really good weather because there was a window and it was, it was warm and it didn't rain and it was still, it was still windy. Like it always is there, but, um, it was nice. I, I didn't ride as, as far as I did when I was in Asia, I would ride, 40, 50, 60 miles per day. Um, and I have have dinner with my hosts usually. People were very, very kind there. And they'd make me food. And in Belgium, they'd always share a beer after dinner. Um, and we'd just have really good conversations. And I got to learn a lot about culture in Europe, which is awesome as an American. That's super cool. Did you take your own bike there? Like, when you do these, um, do you break down and box up your own bike, or do you rent something? Tell me about that. Yeah, I bring my own bike. It's actually sitting right next to me right now. (laughs) Um, It's a bike with couplers, which allows you to break the frame into two parts. Nice. Slices it down the middle. And so you can put it in a suitcase or a smaller box. Um which helps because a lot of airlines charge fees for traveling with your bike. And that helps avoid that extra cost. And it's your own setup. So you're really familiar with it. You know, the, the bike fits you, you know, what's going on with it. Yeah. And there aren't that many places that rent a bike longer term. Even just a week is sometimes hard to, Mm. to find somebody. I would imagine also that by the time you, you know, you balance out just what that looks like economically and financially, you might as well bring your own. Um, unless it, what you have the, unless I guess maybe your rental could be a lot nicer or swankier than what you're used to riding at home. That could be like maybe the only time you're upside down on that. Yeah. And the, cu- the couplers do cost a lot more, but I did weigh it or, I, you know, thought about how much it would cost in the long run with paying for flights and fees. Was that a bike that was already set up like that? Or was that a bike that you had that you had customized? Um, I bought the frame right from, it's a Surly. I bought the frame from Surly. And then I I built it up myself. I kind of Frankensteined it a little bit. I took parts off my long haul trucker. And now that's stripped down and it's just a frame and fork at this point. And I converted it. But everything everything pretty much fits. Uh, it's a it it's able to uh, you're able to put disc brakes on it, you're able to put rim brakes on it. It's a it's it's a really cool frame. It's called the World World Troller. The World Troller. And I think all Surleys, you just they just kinda come as the frame, right? Like uh, when you get a Surly you build them up. Is that right? Not all of them. Oh, a yeah. lot of their bikes are complete. Hmm. But okay. Some people elect to do it custom. I, I think it's really fun. Um, as somebody who works on bikes uh, during the summer for work, it was fun to learn some things I didn't know. Um, so tell me a little bit about, about that. Like what is that part of the seasonal employment that helps you to, um, have the time to go on these tours? 
Yeah, so I work uh, during the summer for a company called Backroads. Uh, usually I work for them for about six months, starting in May of every year. And I work on bikes for them, and I maintain a lot of their equipment as well. So it's a company that does biking, hiking, and multi-sport tours. So as you can imagine, there's a ton of equipment and needs for that before trips actually leave. So my job is to do the pre-trip um, checklist of items, like tuning up bikes and making sure everything's ready to go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds like a way that you could super nerd about this stuff for a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's really fun. My coworkers are awesome. And it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good life. Um, but it also allows me to save up money during the summer. Uh, because my company provides housing for me. So um, one of my claim to fames is that I haven't paid rent since May of 2016. Damn. That's just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into touring? Like, what was the, do you remember, like, what was the jump off point for... I want to, I like riding my bike and I want to, you know, go on vacation with it. Yeah, I had started commuting a lot on my bike every day and then eventually to went into year-round bike commuting. And somebody had, I think I had just started hearing about it in magazines and from, like, friends. Uh, and since I know a lot of people who work at bike shops, people would talk about it in the bike shop that I ended up buying my first touring bike at the long haul trucker that bike shop is owned by a guy who it, he's done a lot of bike tours so I started learning about it from him I started learning about it from the mechanic at that shop who started teaching me or at least letting me watch him repair my bike which is how I started in the bike mechanic world um and from there, I, I looked around for resources. And actually, there's, like, not a ton of stuff out there. It's kind of depressing, actually. Um, so I've been trying to fill that void as far as what do you need to know before you leave? Mm -hmm. Like, what should you buy? Um, or, like, just the bare essentials. Because you can start out with a bicycle and a rack and some bags. And then you can go. And you can stay at a hotel, or you can buy a tent and do that. But really, you don't need that much to start. And I think sometimes uh, people don't know where to start. I think that there's been, I think that that's definitely true. Um, over the past couple years, though, I've noticed what I feel like is more and more information that's coming out, especially with some of the social media groups, like some of the Facebook groups and stuff. But, you know, one of the challenges to that is that then you have folks who are competing as to whose information is accurate or the right way to do things. Um, what kind of advice do you have for someone who's just starting to plan their first tour or their first international tour? Uh, where Where is a good place to start without um, falling into um, misinformation that's that's floating around? Well, it, yeah, it's not necessarily misinformation. It's just that everybody is so passionate about it. Right. They want to share like, so true. oh, no, no, this wheel size is better than this wheel size. I right, know, right. no, st steel is better than aluminum. And 
um, there, you're right. There's so many competing viewpoints that are always being exchanged. I, I actually think knowing somebody who bike tours is the best way mm. because then you can talk to them. You can even, so one of the guys that's coming on the bike tour with me this, uh, this coming January in Asia, uh, he's never gone on a bike tour before and he's coming with a group of three people who have. So I think that's the best way to get mm. involved in bike touring is to go with somebody who has or at least have somebody you can ask about but i never did at first i i didn't have any friends who bike toured so i i was selective about about like going on the internet and finding information but then i think the guys at the bike shop were the ones who who really taught me a lot and i don't know if i would have gone if it weren't for them was your first tour solo or did you go with other people it was solo. Yeah, it was it was a short tour. It was four days, um, just in a loop around Wisconsin to go to some of the breweries um, in the southwest in the what's called the Driftless region. There's a lot of hills there. Um, yeah, it was a great tour. My first day was incredibly rainy, and I ate like a Cliff Bar for dinner because it started storming, and I had put up my tent. And I said, like, there's no way. I've been riding the rain. I'm not going back out there. Um, but I guess, I guess that's no. That's when you know you like bike touring when you ride 64 miles and a third of them are in the rain and you still love it. Mm. Yeah, you're like, once I dry out, I'd like to do more of this. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, what do you do? What do you do for footwear? Like, do you have clips or clipless pedals or whatever? Yeah, I really like SPD pedals. Um, you know, it's a lot easier because they have a recessed cleat. And then my pedals are both, they're flat on one side and SPD on the other side. So on days that I'm not riding very far or I just want to go to the store or something like that, mm-hmm. um, I can wear sandals or I can wear regular shoes. But in Asia, I always bring a pair of sandals and that I could ride in because they're chacos. And then I have a pair of very breathable SPD. They're almost like sneakers with SPDs on the bottom. Mm. Chacos, that was a pretty nice, pretty nice little plug there, chacos. Feel free to <laughs> feel free to say hi to us by by offering to uh, you know, for us to gear review pedaling in your in your sandals. Pedaling uh, your chacos. Pedaling your chacos. You do gear reviews also on the blog? Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I do them for fun. Um, I'm also a brand advocate for Saris. Uh, they make bicycle racks and trainers. little plug for them. Um, and, yeah, I only write about stuff or endorse stuff I believe in. That seems like good policy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, the way that it should be, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, you're definitely putting your, I don't know, you're putting your name behind something. You're like, I'm using this. So it might as well be something that's you actually connect with and that you really do endorse. Yeah. And I use my hear my, I use my gear very heavily. So anything that I like has been tested. <laughs> nice. Um, so what do you, I know you have this tour planned for 2018. How long is that? And then what else do you, what else do you have planned for 2018? Uh, so I booked a one-way ticket for the first time in my life. Wow. 
Yeah. And I leave America um, on the 30th of December. And so I'm spending January bike touring. And then I don't know. After that, I've been kicking around some ideas. I want, Like I said, I want to spend some time in Laos biking there. But I don't know where else. Maybe the Philippines. I have a friend in Sri Lanka. Haven't gotten further planning that yet. Are are you definitely like? Are the guys going home at a certain point, and you're hang, you know you're hanging out longer? Yeah, unfortunately, the guys have to leave after January. Oh. So sorry, guys. I know I'd be. A, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I get to play more in Asia. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do yet, but I do know that I'm coming back to um, the U.S. in April for sure, okay. and then starting starting up my job again. Gotcha. So you got a big question mark for that first quarter of the year, and then you'll be back. Yeah, then I'll be back working again. Be back to tuning up bikes. Um, so that's probably pretty helpful for you to feel. Are you mechanically proficient then with? a range of things that you need to know while you're on the road since you're, you have that experience. Yeah. And I, I didn't have that experience when I started out bike touring. The only thing I really knew how to do was fix a flat tire, but then you start to develop skills and we have a really good DIY bike mechanic group for women in Milwaukee. It's called ladies revolution. Nice. We've, we've geared it off of grease rag in Minneapolis links in the show notes yes yeah so we have a group of ladies that show up at different bike shops around the community that host us and we teach each other how to fix things on bikes and i've learned a lot from that and i've learned a lot from the mechanics in my city uh just doing diy at their shops and so then i started developing skills how to adjust brakes how to uh, re-cable your bike, how to fix problems if your derailleur gets bent, or yeah, just things you need to know when you bike tour. Um, and I, I don't put things on my bikes that I don't know how to fix, so I'm, I'm worried, I'm wary to put uh, disc brakes on my bike. I will probably next year. Um, but yeah, right now I have rim brakes because I feel really confident working on them. And how long would you say that this particular evolution for you has been from like the time where you uh, first knew just how to fix a flat to feeling really proficient um, in some of these different places? Like how long has that been in a span of, of years? Six. I got into cycling in 2011 when I did a triathlon that my friend had convinced me to do. And then after that, I started bike commuting, graduated from college, and then got really into it around 2013 and then started bike touring around that time. Um, yeah, it's been really quick. Uh, I started riding with a women's group in Milwaukee who they're the ones who taught me how to fix a flat tire. I've been really fortunate to have a lot of women in my community who are good mentors, who teach me stuff. So you try to give back to, to that world as well. 
Um, you want to give a shout out to that to that group, that ladies group you're talking about? Yeah, it was when I started riding with them. Uh, it was called the Belladonnas, and then the group transformed into a group called Cadence. And any shops that you want to give a shout out to? Any shops you you love in particular? Well, the shop I was referencing early is called Truly Spoken Cycles, and they're the ones who got me into bike travel. And then one of the other shops I go to that does a lot of DIY is called Coastin Bikes, and they are the ones who helped me build my custom bike. Nice. Well done, everybody. <laughs> so many good resources in Milwaukee. Yeah, seriously. I've, I've really heard such fantastic things about it. I think... Um, yeah, no, I've never, I have never been outside of the airport up over there on that side of the lakes. That's true. It's true. I'm like thinking about it like, nope, I've, I have not been outside of an airport up there. So, uh, you have that. I'm just curious if you've got your, your gateway drug, uh, for brewery tour noted somewhere. If someone wanted to, uh, if someone wanted to like retrace your brewery steps there, if you have that tour on your blog or anything. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, I can send you a link to cool, that. Cool, yeah, do that. Um, anybody who's in that neighborhood and who does that, I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, the, the first tour I did was southwestern Wisconsin. The second one I did was Michigan. And I left from Milwaukee, and I rode to Chicago and around, and then did some breweries in Michigan, and then took the boat across. Um, did you go to Bells in Kalamazoo? I did. I'm familiar. It was with... awesome. Yeah, Bell's is a is a pretty fantastic brewery there. We have some some dear friends in Kalamazoo. Um, so you took the ferry back. You didn't go up around the UP. No, not enough time. Have you been up to Mackinac Island? I have not yet. I was trying to make it up there last year around um, like November because it was really warm. But I ended up making it up to Copper Harbor and Marquette, Michigan. I have uh, the UP, or the, the Upper U- Peninsula. <laughs> um, I was just chatting with uh, I was just chatting with a guest about Mackinac Island. So it sounds really cool, um, and that sounds like a crazy tour. I just love fantasizing about like all the different loops you can go on to experience uh, experience places. And any other? Uh, what else is on your bike list? In the do you have anything else in the states in North America that you're really interested in riding? Yeah, the problem is I work really hard during the summer, yeah. so I have all these, you know, tours on my list, but I haven't been able to do them. Where else would you go? And my number one right now is the Great Divide. Mm. But, yeah. So, you know, Banff, Canada to Mexico, Antelope Wells, New Mexico. Um, yeah, it just looks so beautiful, and I want to get a really good group of people together, Unfortunately, right now, it's been only men who have expressed interest. I feel like that that surprises me. Maybe it's just in, maybe it happens to be the, you know, where you are and, and how you're having that conversation, perhaps. But I feel like the bikepacking thing, especially gals getting into it, is uh, it's definitely more prevalent than ever. It It would surprise me if you would not be able to get a group of you know, of four or five gals who, who wanted to do that. Now, I would definitely be curious about doing something like that. I would never want to race it. Have you seen the, what is it, the Ride the Divide film? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's wow. pretty intense. Wow. Yeah. 
holy cow. Um, I'm going to find a link for that, folks, and, yeah. uh, and put yeah, that up there. Yeah, for sure. So. It's a great film. Yeah. My takeaways from the film, though, are that a lot of the racers say they get so lonely. So mm. that's part of the reason why I want to have a group. Uh, it's, it's partially because of bears and safety and things like that. But it's also because, like, what a, what a cool way to just be with a group of your friends in the wilderness. You're camping out every night and you're biking and getting to see some really cool places. Is that something you'd fat bike? Is that fat bikeable? Uh, it's a lot of climbing. It's so a lot of climbing. Mm. Yeah. I think it's the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest eight times. That does not sound, that does not appeal to me. I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I'm learning. I'm a total wuss when it comes to climbing. I'm like kind of hemmed in by the mountains a little bit. Of course, then again, I haven't, I haven't tried a whole lot either. So who knows? Um, you know, I just know where I'm at right now is enough type two fun that when I have to climb, I'm like, I do look back on it and say, yay, I conquered that. But Mount Everest times eight, that's a commitment, Beth. I don't know. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It is a commitment. I know. I think it's it's fascinating and really exciting to see um, how people challenge themselves and, you know, and use the bike to experience all kinds of other things that they just wouldn't have access to i mean how long would it take to hike something like that and uh you know i just really like the pace of the bike even if you're even if it is that slow climb it's still a little bit probably faster than hiking so i appreciate that yeah that's the that's the cool thing that bike travel can do it it shows you different places at a more granular level but you're you're also not as you're quicker than hiking but you're you're able to see things at, at a good pace, I think. So true. Um, Beth, if you could go for a bike ride anywhere in the world with anybody living or dead, who would you go for a ride with and where and why? Ooh. You know, one of my favorite people is Tina Fey. Um, <laughs> I would love to go on a bike ride with Tina Fey um, and I think it'd be really fun to do it in New York City nice I think get some pizza get a bagel you know make it fun that's fun you do city bikes city bikes with Tina Fey oh that would be awesome oh my gosh that would actually that would be a lot of fun I'll bet um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Tina Fey fan, and I think we're just finishing Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and I just, I love her writing. I think their writing is so good. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. hilarious. I think Tina Fey, Tina Fey, um, you need to do a, a movie or a, a show or something with a, a gal bicycle gang. I think that needs Tina to Tina Fey, in case you're listening. Tina Fey. I'm going to tweet this at you, at Tweena, Tina Fey. Um, we probably should collaborate on some sort of, like, a girl bicycle gang New York City messenger thing. I think that could be a lot of fun. That would be awesome. She can have that free, free, free ideas here, Tina. Free ideas? Free ideas for Tina Fey. Um, Beth, I really appreciate that you managed to, we managed to make the time to get this together. You and I have have been talking about having this chat for quite a while since pre, um, 
previous, pre-previous Southeast Asia tour. So I'm really thankful that you took the time. It was a, a pleasure to chat with you and get to know you a little bit. Um, any Anything else that you want to share with listeners? One piece of advice that you, that you uh, no one gave you or that you'd like to share with someone else who just wants to get started? Ooh. Just wants to get started. Yeah. On just biking in general or on whatever bike touring whatever yeah whatever you got or bike touring or just whatever comes to mind for you you know you don't have to have that much gear so you should just do it (laughs) um yeah or if you are somebody who already does it uh plan a ride for a group of your friends uh there's been some some success in in my area with people planning, including myself, planning an overnight camping trip for for women, and it's it's the gateway. It's the gateway. Rad. All right, we'll leave it at that. Beth, thanks so much. Um, where can everybody follow you and follow your adventures? Yeah, uh, com is my blog, and anything Brucey Biker related, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sweet. Thanks so much. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Thanks, Kat. Big thanks to Beth. Make sure you follow her up at Bruce City Biker and also check out her blog at BruceCityBiker.com. In the show notes, I'm going to link up to this great post she's got on a pack list for if you're going out for a month. Her Beth's interpretation on the pack list. So that will be also in the show notes. Friends, if you enjoyed the show, I sure would appreciate it if you would share it with someone who you think might dig it. Also, I sure would love it if you would leave a review or a rating in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. First Joyride Nation supporter, big thank you, Corey Wicks. Thanks, Corey. Again, you can go to thejoyridepodcast.com forward slash support to find out how you can join the Joyride Nation and get lots of cool perks. Even if you'd consider sharing a a dollar of your hard-earned money, that would be super generous. Um, I I love putting my time and energy into producing the show for you because I get to nerd out on these things. But unfortunately, there are, you know, some kind of like hosting costs involved. So if you could help me, that would be rad. And then uh, once those things are paid for, I can upgrade gear so that I can do more shows out in the field and also make transcripts happen for folks in the deaf community. I hope 2018 is treating you well so far. I hope that you are grabbing it by the handlebars if it's not. Remember friends, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Keep moving forward, and until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride.